Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello, my name is Bob Tarzi, an IT industry analyst, and I will be moderating this EM360 podcast looking at the use of external threat intelligence for proactive IT security. Keeping your business safe requires a proactive analysis of potential online threats. This requires more than details of just the latest malware and software vulnerabilities. Intelligence is also required about what is happening in cyberspace that may represent a specific threat to your business. The deepest recesses of the web need probing to gather this intelligence. Not just the clear web, the websites that we all use on a day-to-day basis, but also the dark and, where possible, deep web. The dark web is organized so it cannot be explored using the usual search engines and apps. It's where drugs, arms and malware are traded, with deals often concluded using cryptocurrencies. Data is also traded on the dark web, and cyber attacks are planned there. Probing dark markets and dark forums can expose this activity, identifying compromised access credentials, customer or employee personal information at risk, devices enlisted by botnets, and phishing URLs which are linked to your business. The deep web is also not indexed by the usual search engines. It includes huge, structured, and unstructured databases, such as social networks, developer forums, webmail accounts, and corporate intranets. Whilst not all of these can be easily or legally probed, critical information can be gleaned. For example, false social media profiles claiming to be your employees, your organization's sensitive software code being illegally shared by insiders, or spoof apps listed on app stores designed to target your business. Protecting against these threats requires the collection of intelligence specific to your organization. Timely analysis and mitigation, which is orchestrated across your IT infrastructure and workforce. To guide us through the use of external threat intelligence for proactive IT security, I am pleased to be joined by Ete Mayor, Chief Security Officer and Charity Wright, Cyber Threat Intelligence Advisor of Insights, a US-based supplier of products and services that address the issue of external threat intelligence. Hello, Ete. Hello, Charity. Ete, could you start by telling us a little bit about Insights and yourself? Hi, and thank you for having us here. So Insights was founded about five years ago. Today, we have about 300 clients. We have 170 employees, roughly. And we completed another round of funding last December. At Insights, we provide a holistic approach to threat intelligence. I think we'll discuss this a little bit later. And at Insights, I'm the chief security officer. So I'm in charge of strategic research, as well as providing services and guidance around CTI to our customers. Thanks for that, Ete. Charity, could you tell us a bit about your background and your role at Insights as a threat intelligence advisor? Sure, thank you. My background is in U.S. Army. I have been in the intelligence community for over 15 years, and I worked at the National Security Agency for several years, working as a Chinese language analyst, working with foreign intelligence there. 
And in 2015, I decided to switch over to cybersecurity because it is a really exciting futuristic field that I think a lot of cyber warfare is heading towards. I've worked for various enterprises doing cyber threat intelligence for them. And last year, I jumped over to the vendor side to be an intelligence provider. So here at Insights, I am currently working, doing a lot of research, doing intelligence analysis and collection, especially in underground forums. And as an advisor, I get to teach our customers how to best utilize intelligence and how to analyze it and make the most of the intelligence that they're getting from their providers. Great. So it's clear that Insights has invested in people with skills and experience from fighting cybercrime on the front line. Can you describe a couple of the use cases for external threat intelligence and the sort of risks that can be mitigated? Sure. A couple of examples that really stand out to me that I've seen a lot of value in recently. One is fraud intelligence, and that means that we get to help our customers detect fraud that is really affecting them financially. One example that I worked on recently is with a retail customer, and they had been experiencing a fraud campaign that included selling gift cards from their store and also reselling brand new products that were purchased from their store using fraudulent gift cards. And it was a really interesting case because the customer actually did have evidence of a small group of criminals that were using these gift cards to purchase large amounts of products from their stores, thousands of dollars worth. But they were unable to really prove how the behavior was criminal and where those fake gift cards came from. And when we consulted with them and we found out a few of the indicators, including email addresses and possible names for the threat actors, we were actually able to use open source intelligence and dark web sources to track down exactly who those threat actors were and where they were getting those gift cards from dark web markets. So essentially, they were able to stop the threat actors in the stores and prevent them from further stealing products and reselling those products on dark web markets. So that was a really interesting case. Another use case that I think is especially valuable to our customers in the financial sector is leaked data detection and recovery. Quite often, criminals will get their hands on very valuable proprietary data, credit card numbers, and email credentials and all different passwords for employees. And that is something that our platform, our algorithms, and our analysts are able to track down in the markets. So as soon as we find, let's say, a bank credit card for sale, we detect the BIN number, which is the bank identification number on the card, and immediately in near real time alert the customer that those cards are being sold on those markets in which, in most cases, we're able to get those cards taken off of the markets and prevent the loss of millions of dollars. Those examples highlight two benefits of external threat intelligence. First, the ability to fight an ongoing attack that is already known to be going on. And the second, the ability to identify a problem that the business was completely unaware of by exposing data it did not know was out there. Exactly. Most people do not deal in drugs or sell guns or buy malware, 
so would not know where to start when it comes to Probe in the Dark. What does Insights bring to the party that enables your company to do this? First of all, if we define these different spaces, when, when we look into information, we're talking about the clear web, the deep web, and the dark web. Now, with the dark web, you're actually talking about a space where you need special software. Anybody can find it and install it, but you need special software to gain access into. But that's not the biggest hurdle. The biggest hurdle is actually within the dark web, finding those forums and those marketplaces and those gathering spots that are of interest. That's the first hurdle because you don't really have a search engine on the dark web. I mean, some dark webs have certain indexing services, but they're not really complete. So it comes down to who you know and did somebody tell you where to go and talk to specific people or go on specific forums. That's hurdle number one. Hurdle number two is once you're there, you need to be part of that group. You need to show that you know what they're talking about. You need to not be identified as somebody who's actually doing something good or collecting information. You need to speak the same language. You need to have the same lingo. So what you're looking at here is two types of different challenges. There's more of a technical challenge, and then there is intelligence challenge. And I think what people like Charity, Insights Analysts, and researchers bring to the table is a wealth of information, a wealth of knowledge and experience, hands-on experience, both on the technical side, but also, as Charity mentioned, we come from different intelligence backgrounds. And so we understand how to basically inseminate into these groups and conduct this type of research. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess one of the problems for those who rely on the dark web is making sure they can be found by the people they want to deal with, but avoid researchers like you guys from Insights. How do you make sure that they cannot distinguish the good guys like yourselves from the bad guys that they really want to be dealing with? Bob, I think that's a really good question. There's a lot of chatter lately in the dark web amongst the criminals there that there are a lot of researchers now in the space working undercover, like our own analysts do. And there have been incidents where if a researcher or an analyst is, let's say they're using the wrong dialect of a foreign language, or they're not speaking like a normal hacker in a Russian forum would speak, oftentimes that's the tell and it gives them away. So it's pretty interesting how you really have to have a very experienced researchers and linguists that know the space and not only know the language, but the culture of where those people are and how they behave in those forums in order to not give yourself away. But a lot of them are kind of catching on. A lot of forums have become more exclusive and they have this level of multi-factor authentication to even access those forums. So oftentimes they'll ask you, like, let's say it's a Chinese dark web forum. They'll ask you very specific things about the history of the country, political leaders, government, and culture that would otherwise be unknown to foreigners. It's funny you mentioned that, Charity, because I recall from one of my forums that I got into several years ago, was a French-speaking forum, and to validate me, I got a questionnaire with a timer asking questions about the history of France, about different kings. I'm not sure everybody would be able to answer it, actually. I actually had to take that a couple of times before I got it all right and had all the answers. That's how they vet me. But there are also forums where you have to be vouched by existing members in order to get in. 
And some of these forums will also take a look at your activity. So if, for example, you're just lurking around, they're going to kick you. You have to either post information, buy products or sell products. Otherwise, you get kicked out. Oh, exactly. That underlines why Insights needs people with real world skills, including language skills. Moving on to the deep web, how much of that can you actually search and analyze? Surely there are many areas where lurking threats cannot be seen by Insights probes. There are definitely walled gardens in the deep web that we don't have access to. Anything that requires a password or credentials that we don't have access to is going to be difficult to get into and collect on. But our researchers around the industry are making great progress right now, especially collecting on resources like GitHub and Pastebins. GitHub has been a phenomenal source of intelligence on various companies in the private sector and public, actually. Oftentimes, we'll find proprietary data, code, credentials, all different types of data just leaked from companies by their developers onto sources like GitHub. So if we're able to detect that and find that before the threat actors do, then we can successfully get it taken down before it's weaponized. And that really is the goal. But as many challenges as there are, you'd be surprised at how many open sources are out there just available to the public. Yeah, very good. And another interest of me was faked LinkedIn accounts which potential attackers set up for themselves to target a business's employees. That is a problem that Insights is able to track down and mitigate, isn't it? Yes, that's a really popular use case with a lot of our customers, especially if they find that, like there's one nonprofit, it's a religious organization that we protect, and the leader of the organization is very popular on TV and Criminals and fraudsters will often create fake LinkedIn profiles and Instagram accounts that look like that leader's picture and name. And they will fish people and ask for money and fraud people out of their money on behalf of this fake profile. And so as soon as those are registered, we're able to detect that and have it taken down immediately. Right. So whether it's the clear dark, or deep web, there'll be a lot of data. So how does Insights gather the data that needs to be urgently addressed? And what analysis techniques does Insights apply to track down the most pernicious threats? So we use a combination of technologies as well as the human analysis capability. I think one of the interesting aspects here is the combination of both, because each side of these collection methodologies has their pros and cons. I'll give you an example of what I mean. If you solely rely on human intelligence and humans just sitting out there and collecting information, there's only so much information you can collect. There's only so many threat actors you can engage. There are only so many forums you can try and follow. So you'll be missing stuff. On the other hand, if you use completely move to automation and using different probes, it's in some cases easy to identify that type of technology and stop it. You need to actually have a very, not complex, but you need to have an advanced infrastructure to make sure that you're not identified pretty easily as a bot, as a spider, someone who's trying to collect information. Another aspect here, if I move back for a second to the human side, is 
if you go, for example, into a specific forum and constantly ask about a certain entity or a certain person, at some point, somebody will pick up on that. And that has happened several times in the past. The criminals in this case, as you mentioned before, you know, they want to be on the dark web to be anonymous and they want to be engaged by other people from their field. They don't want to be engaged by researchers. And so they look for suspicious activity. They do their own sting and honeypot operations and try to weed out those who are suspected as law enforcement or researchers. So what we do is we actually combine the two. We have the specialty of the different foreign languages speakers who will go and engage threat actors. We collect data and analyze it on our end, not on the cyber criminals end. So for example, instead of constantly asking about Itai on a specific forum, I can just take all that data and query it on my own side of things and then make sure that they don't see how I'm analyzing this data. So we're putting together here different algorithms, AI and machine learning to analyze the data, but we also have the front end of the human analysts. Very interesting. It's great to hear that a mixture of humans and machines are working together, which is often more optimal than one or the other working alone. When you've actually discovered threats, what mitigations are put in place? I can address that one. I worked for several months here at Insights. I worked on customer support as an analyst, helping with remediating a lot of these threats. So the way it works is we alert the customer And inside that alert, they have the option to click remediation and ask the analyst. And they can actually find ways to shut down these attacks before the threat actors do them. And the way we do that is, let's say, for instance, phishing. If a phishing website is registered that looks very similar to the URL of your website, you will be alerted right away on that. And then by clicking remediate, it sends an automatic takedown notice to the registrar of that website. We've found great success with that. Usually it's taken down the same day or the next day, and therefore it stops the threat actor right there at that step of the kill chain so they don't actually put a website up on it and start phishing unsuspecting customers or employees. Another way we do that is account resets. So let's say if we find your employees' credentials for sale on a dark web market, we purchase those credentials off of the marketplace to verify what the password is and who the employee is and automatically do an account reset. And we actually integrate with Active Directory to automate that entire process for organizations. And then another very popular way we remediate threats for banks is like I mentioned earlier, when we find, let's say, a customer credit card for sale on a dark web market, they have the option to purchase that card number off of the marketplace to verify who it belongs to and then automatically deactivate that credit card. Great. So those are the actions you can take. And what are the products that Insights has to help its customers detect, analyze, and mitigate external threats? Sure. We actually have several products within our platform to help our customers. I think one of the most important things here, and Charity talked about that in her previous answer, is the fact that you have all these different products, all the different capabilities in one product. What I'm seeing a lot is different solutions that are siloed, that are not integrated, that don't share data, and you have to start integrating these different solutions, while here you have kind of a one product that has it all. 
starting with threat command. That's basically what we've been describing almost the whole time now. That's where you get tailored intelligence, information that's related specifically to you as our customer. We actually kick it off by asking the customer about what are their assets, brand names, you know, VIP names, what technologies they use in the case of card numbers, if we have any bin numbers and so on. And it's customized intelligence specifically for this entity. Then we have threat intelligence platform, a tip. A tip collects the different IOCs, the indicators of compromise that are out there. And we enrich them with the additional information that we have from different sources, deep, dark web, clear web, whatever we find, we take that information, we enrich the indicators of compromise. And so if you're integrating to other products that use this type of information, you get a much more accurate identification of the threat level that you're facing. And Charity also talked about the orchestration portion of it, where we integrate to other products because... At the end of the day, it's not that complicated to go on the clear or the even the deep and dark web and start collecting all the username and passwords or emails or credit cards. That doesn't take too long to develop. However, if you leave it at that and send it to a customer, you're actually giving them a lot of work to start and analyze that, weed out what's real, what's not, and then test it. And that takes time and effort. Instead of that, we integrate to a lot of different products. When it comes to uh, Charity mentioned, for example, username and passwords, we integrate into Active Directory as one example to block users whose credentials were compromised. We integrate with firewalls. We integrate with different browsers, with different vulnerability management systems, endpoint systems. And we share that information with those products in order to make sure that our customers are protected. We also ingest information from different feeds and then distribute it to the proper products. Charity? Yeah. A couple of my favorite offerings that we have are new features. One is called the Vulnerability Risk Analyzer, which I love. Basically, it automates context from open sources, deep and dark web as well, and hacking forums about vulnerabilities in your tech stack. So, and this also integrates with Qualys and other vulnerability software that you're already using in your company. So let's say, for example, if there's a CVE that says 7.6 is the score, but in your organization, it's widely used and there's evidence that a hacker is talking about exploiting that vulnerability and there's an active exploit, then it's going to raise that risk score for your organization based on tailored intelligence. So that's a really good one that I love right now. And then threat third party is also a great feature where you can analyze the risk of doing business with third parties based on open source intelligence that shows risk scores for that particular organization. That's really proved useful for many companies that are doing mergers and acquisitions or are purchasing new tools and platforms and are hesitant or want to know what risk is involved with doing business with them. I have to add to that, you know, when you talk about the risk analyzer, that's the type of stuff that really gets me personally excited because one of the most important things with security is not overloading the customer or your client with too much information that they can't analyze. That doesn't do the job. It actually stops the customer from doing the job. You know, the information, it has to be timely. It has to be reliable and it has to be actionable. Those are the three main pillars of intelligence. So if we talk, for example, about CVEs, 
you know, I grew up in this space. There's the basic premise, you know, not every software is vulnerable and not every vulnerability is exploitable and not every exploit is usable. But what we want to do is we want to share with our customers when that kind of celestial alignment happens in terms of their vulnerabilities. We don't want to just overload them with different vulnerabilities that in some cases may not be applicable at all to their infrastructure, or the other hand, are not used in the wild or there are no exploits. Again, the information has to be actionable, reliable, and timely. And that's the main purpose of threat intelligence. Well, thanks uh, very much to Ete Mayor and Charity Wright of Insights for providing these insights into the use of external threat intelligence for proactive IT security. And thank you to you for listening to this EM360 podcast. You've been listening to the EM360 podcast. For more great content, head on over to em360tech.com. 